I think she is a woman who is a lot, and that is her power. I think that a lot of people feel like maybe they're a lot. And she's a lot, and it is her strength. And it's really freaking cool. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast. I'm Ellie Pyle, and I'm here with a very special guest co-host today. It's me, Lorraine Sink. Moderately special, but still here. Yay, Lorraine! (laughs) You're, of course, a big part of the Marvel family and a big part of the Marvel podcast family, and I am thrilled that you are here. I am so excited to be here, too. You guys can listen to me on the This Week in Marvel podcast, if you haven't already, with Ryan Panagos and James Monroe Iglehart. I also am a host and head writer for the video series Earth's Mightiest Show on our digital video platform. And of course, I just love to pop over to visit the women of Marvel and hang out anytime that you'll let me come talk about ladies in history, especially the Marvel one. And that is exactly why you're here today. So we are going to talk about a character who I confessed to you before we started, I actually don't know that much about. So I am so excited to talk to you about her today. She is strong. She goes after what she wants. She likes to kick butt and take names. And she happens to be one of your favorites. So we are, of course, talking about Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. Oh, I'm honestly really excited that she is not somebody that you know everything about already because I was like, Ellie knows everything. What can I tell you that you have not heard? So that makes me really excited. And also, I just love She-Hulk so much. She's a phenomenal character. The only time I got to work with She-Hulk was she showed up in one issue of Avenging Spider-Man where they took on Bast and hung out with a bunch of cats. And so (laughs) I've read a bunch of She-Hulk, but that was only the only time I really got to work with her. So I am excited for everything you are about to tell me. We particularly wanted to talk about her right now because she plays a big role in the comic event that we're doing called Empire, which has been rolling out this summer. As part of Empire, She-Hulk is going to star in a story of her own in September, The Immortal She-Hulk, written by Al Ewing with art by John Davis Hunt. So, I can only assume that since, you know, this book is called The Immortal She-Hulk and it is coming in September, that we shouldn't be too brokenhearted about the current events in Empire. But I'm sure anyone who is caught up on Empire number four knows that the current Jen in the book is not our Jen. And Lorraine, did you have any feelings about that and reading that? Well, it's been a really exciting time for She-Hulk because, you know, as we talk about her history, I think it'll reveal more of why I think it's cool. But she has become a more Hulk-like Hulk in that she's less verbal, she's more buff, she's more powerful. Spoiler alert, she has been taken over by the Kotati. She is a secret agent, unbeknownst to herself. But it's also paired with this amazing powerfulness of her physical form which I think is really cool. And given that she is immortal, I think we're going to get to see something that we haven't seen from She-Hulk very much in her history yet, which is a darker, more body horror 
more gruesome kind of story because, you know, we think of Hulk as the monster and She-Hulk is almost comic relief in a lot of different roles Mm -hmm. and teams. But this is going to be her opportunity, I think, to really strike out on her own and have a different kind of book for herself. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens with her in the future, but we're here to talk about her past. So there is so much to learn about Jennifer Walters, and Lorraine, you are here to convince us all that she is one of the coolest characters of all time. So let's start at the beginning. Who is She-Hulk? So Jen's origins is that she is the daughter of the sheriff, Morris Walters, and her mother is Elaine Banner Walters. So, you know, she's like related to Bruce Banner. Uh, They used to hang out in Ohio for the summers, her and Bruce, besties. But her mother passed away. She was in a suspicious accident. And then Jen grew up. She went to law school. Her father being a sheriff, she also wanted to work with the law. And then she goes on to be a lawyer. And she's defending the guard of a man named Nick Trask. Nick Trask, though, is unbeknownst to everybody a crime boss who bumped off her mom trying to get to her dad. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Oh, no. Yeah, so Nick Trask puts a hit out on her. She gets shot. And luckily, her cousin is in town visiting. She needs an immediate blood transfusion because they're related. Bing, bang, boom. He gives her his blood, and we have She-Hulk, essentially. You would think Hulk blood would be something Bruce would have thought to mention. Yeah, he's he's sort of like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but it's this or death. So, I mean, and, you know, these early sort of stories in her first run, they just get weirder and weirder and weirder. They're really fun. They're sort of very early 80s. A lot of her going into the courtroom, getting really irritated with the opposing counsel and then hulking out. But also there's like a lot of wonderful duality in it because she's um, working within the law as a lawyer and with her father. And then she's working outside of the law as a vigilante. And then she has like two boyfriends that are fighting for her affections. There is one who is sort of the nice boy next door. And then there's the one who's a little bit more of a bad boy. Did you have a particular favorite ship between the two? Um, I really loved Zapper. was <laughs> His name, I mean, these names are just great because it's coming out of the 70s. She dates this guy, Zapper, um, who has a mustache and like an amazing fro situation. He is delightful. He's very much coming out of the disco era. So anyways, this was kind of the early run was just sort of like a lot of D-list characters, a lot of weird encounters, and a lot of who should I love? Also, how do I fight crime while my father is like hunting the She-Hulk and who's the She-Hulk? And so there's that sort of thing. And that whole series kind of ties up in a bow with dad recognizing that she is She-Hulk and she's kind of comes out and is accepted by him and they kind of come together and then the series wraps up. So in addition to a bunch of delightful boyfriends, she also has some phenomenal female friendships through the course of her history, correct? Yeah, she really does. Um, Patsy Walker is actually introduced as early as this initial Savage She-Hulk run. But as her runs go on, you know, she has some really fabulous female friends. I particularly love when she joins the Avengers. Essentially, the Wasp is like, hey, ladies, we could use some chicks around this place. Um, So her 
you know, Black Widow, Dazzler, Invisible Girl, Spider-Woman, She-Hulk, they all kind of answer this ad that Janet has put out. And she shows up and immediately she has this really wonderful girl crew. We also see that happening a lot later in her runs. Her series in the 2000s revives the blonde Phantom which is phenomenal. She was an amazing character from the initial run of Marvel Comics in the 1930s, 40s, where essentially her job was like, she was the secretary to the FBI agent guy, and he would go to do missions and gum them up, and she would actually do them correctly and then be like, but it's, I'm not the blonde phantom. I'm just the little sweet secretary. It was a very, but it was, you know, like a very Inspector Gadget and Penny situation. But now she's middle-aged. She's stopped doing that. And uh, it's not just hanging out with Shulky. And it's kind of really fun because she has intergenerational friendships. Blonde Phantom is supposed to be sort of like 40s, 50s throughout all of those runs. So let's back up for a second and mm-hmm. talk about Bruce again. So how would you say She-Hulk really distinguishes herself from Bruce? What's the difference between She-Hulk and the Hulk? Um, There are a lot of differences. So She-Hulk and the Hulk... Although they do have the same or similar origin of gamma-radiated blood, She-Hulk pretty quickly in her first run of Savage She-Hulk learns how to start controlling her power. So she's not just a rage machine that gets pointed at a problem to smash it. (laughs) She becomes uh, cognizant of what's going on and capable of logical thought. She really keeps her Jen Walters persona in her Hulk form. As she goes on into her run in Sensational She-Hulk in the late 80s, she has this wonderful celebration of being a powerful, self-possessed woman to the extent where in later runs in the 2000s, when she has problems powering up or when they ask her to not be She-Hulk, she's sort of like, but I like She-Hulk. She's big and she's strong and she's powerful and she's not this like tiny little frail mortal body. It addresses her body and physique in a way that is all about celebrating how powerful she is. Well, and it sounds like touching on the idea that she shouldn't need to hide her power in order to make other people feel comfortable. I know, which is what I love about her run in Avengers. So she literally runs into Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, and it starts this immediate rivalry between the two of them, which is so, (laughs) so delightful and so delicious. And they fight a lot. And there is like this sort of wonderful running joke that he is like a puny little like kick him across the room. He's just like a little frail human and she's big and buff. And she's such a funny comic character, not just comic book, but comical character in the 80s because they kind of play up this comedy of like, you know, she's like washing her car and like picks it up. And, you know, when she's doing stuff around the house to help out, she's just like lifting stuff with people on it. And it's just great. And the comedy gets weird as well, right? Like we get into some meta, you know, surreal almost even stuff here, right? Oh, yeah. In her run of Sensational She-Hulk, 
I mean, this is in large part because the creator, John Byrne, who was working with her, he first started working with her in Fantastic Four, originally in Secret Wars. You know, there was a whole storyline where Ben Grimm was like, hey, I'm not going to go back to Earth because I can be a human body guy here. And I love this human body. I don't want to be a big rock orange guy. So he says, hey, She-Hulk, would you go help out the Fantastic Four? So she goes down and helps the Fantastic Four. She fills in for them. She hangs out with them. And um, I think at this point, really, John Byrne falls in love with this character. She's so fun. She's so vibrant. She kind of plays double duty as sort of playing the Sue Storm to the Reed Richards of like, no, Reed, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and also Talk being, like a human. <laughs> yeah. But also sort of being this comedic thing-esque character. So then John Byrne ends up taking her into a sensational She-Hulk run, which is totally meta. I think on the very first cover of Sensational She-Hulk, she's literally breaking the fourth wall. She's talking directly to the person. I think it's like, if you don't read this, I'm going to tear up all your X-Men comics. (laughs) But you can just tell John Byrne is having the most fun because he writes and draws the comic and he pulls the editors in and he'll be like, She-Hulk is mad at the editor. I love sort of in the first few issues, she goes to work for the DA. That's where she meets the blonde phantom. And she finds out that her boss is like very attractive and wonderful and dreamy. And then she finds out that he's married and she's so furious. She's like, I'm going to kick my editor's butt for doing this to me. (laughs) Like, how dare you put me in this situation? It's like a very meta, very funny, very cheeky sort of big female energy vibe. (laughs) that I really, really love about Sensational She-Hulk. It is one of my favorite comics of all time. It's truly very funny. You have sold me on going and reading it, since clearly this is a gap in my knowledge that should not exist. Um, However, I have heard that during that run, she was sexualized, particularly on the covers and stuff, but that the meta tone gave Byrne a way to kind of send some of that up as well. I I do love that. And I, I, you know, I think everybody has their own sort of taste for that kind of thing, but I appreciated the parody element of it. There's this cover where she's like jumping rope and she's completely naked and she's sort of like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And and it follows into the sort of opening credit sequence, like the first few pages. She's sort of like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but like, hey, we're got to sell comics, guys. I don't know. <laughs> like, we're just doing our best here. But I, I sort of appreciate that tonally, it's like, I know what I'm doing. I know why it's happening. And I'm addressing that it's pretty stupid. <laughs> But we're kind of like doing it in a a fun, laughable way that is safe seeming and less predatory. We'll yeah. Say. Well, it has her consenting to it and taking an yeah. active role in it. And, you know, similar to her not having to hide her strength, she doesn't have to hide her sexuality either. And I do think that's something I really love about the character. That's such a great point is that, you know, sometimes we see female heroes and they're sexualized, Right whether it's just the year or like what was the hot thing that year or whatever, they have a a sexualized vibe, but the tone of them is not sexualized, right? They're like, input the data, sir. (laughs) Um, But they look kind of sexy. Whereas she sometimes looks sexy, sometimes doesn't, but she has a very self-possessed quality of owning her sexuality and feeling secure in the power that that sensuality or sexuality about herself 
Um, yeah, the power that it gives her. The fact that, yeah. you know, this is something she's aware of about herself, that she embraces about herself and can derive a sense of power from. Yeah. And I think, too, there's so many female characters that are like, no, no, don't tell me I'm pretty. No, yeah. no, I could never. I Even though I'm a beautiful model, no one ever could think I'm anything but a troll. And she's like, no, I am huge. I am hot. I am self-possessed. I am powerful. You want to step to me? Go ahead and try. And I just love it. And it's, you know, pretty exciting for the time, I think, especially. It's just like really delicious. That is awesome. So how has she changed over the years? You touched on this a little bit already, but it seems like every writer who kind of comes in for a major run really kind of puts their stamp on her, which is often the case in comics. But I'm curious how that has played out with She-Hulk specifically. It's so interesting, right? Because there are so many different folks who have done runs with She-Hulk. I particularly love Dan Slott's run. He did this really fun run with her where it looked at her past, it looked to her future, and it really embraces sort of that powerful, sensual, feminine energy where she gets kicked out of the Avengers mansion for having too many overnight guests. And then she immediately gets fired for photocopying her butt. And she's like, how can you prove that it was me? And they're like, because it's a color copier. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. Um, There's just like so many wonderful nuggets in that. But also it starts to explore her vulnerability. You know, this is the run where she starts a new job at a law office that doesn't want her to be hulked up all the time. And she feels really fabulous and sexy and wonderful in that Hulk form, but she has not spent a lot of time in her gen form. And I kind of love this run because it's sort of like, you know, we all have stuff in our life that we don't deal with and that we kind of put away in those soft, vulnerable parts of ourselves that we don't give as much love. And it allowed her some time to give that smaller human part of herself a bit more love and conversely sort of almost metaphorically, she's doing these superhero cases for people who have superpowers who don't want them. People whose lives have been ruined by superpowers in many ways. It's just like a really lovely sort of well-rounded story because you get this comedy about her, you get this vulnerability about her. And as it goes on, there's a lot of really fun, delightful things. Like she gets an elopement with Manwolf, the guy that she met in her first run of her first series, which is just so fun. And again, it's very Dan being able to like reach back into the history of comics and find this detail. And, you know, if you also crave something that is a little bit more soul searching for She-Hulk, after Civil War II, she almost died and she became a Gray Hulk and she was dealing with tons of trauma. This was a beautiful run done by Mariko Tamaki and Nico Leon. And she's gray, literally and emotionally. She's very depressed. She's going through a lot of anxiety. She's having a lot of PTSD. And this whole run is sort of about her self-healing and re-owning her power, which I thought was a really lovely run as well. It's a much more uh, serious run for her, but very earned. And also she has like the best friendship in the Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat series with Patsy Walker. They go on a lot of bad dates. They talk about a lot of stuff. They have a great friend group. It's like makes me very much miss when I lived in Brooklyn and all my friends. We just hung out in the neighborhood all the time. Which is, you know, one of the things comics can do best is, you know, make you make you feel like you're part of a particular moment in time. So we talked about 
several of her female friendships already. You talked about Hellcat and Wasp bringing her into the Avengers. We talked about Blonde Phantom a bit. What about some of the other teams that she's been a part of and characters that she's interacted with? You talked a little bit about her role on the Fantastic Four. Where else have we kind of seen her show up and take on different roles? She's had some great team-ups with fellow She-Hulks. She's also had a great team up with Gamora. And one of the things I love about her team up with Gamora in the Contest of Champions is that Gamora and her train together and She-Hulk becomes so strong that when she finally returns to Earth, her boo, Man-Wolf, has to help her create a suit to dampen her powers so she doesn't murder everyone, essentially. Mm. So she has the Jupiter suit, which increases her gravity like she's on Jupiter. Um <laughs> But, you know, at her heart, I think she is an Avenger. And that's one of the things that's been really, I think, delightful about getting to see her rejoin the Avengers, especially as Bruce has become the immortal Hulk himself, you know, after his passing in Civil War. Now we get She-Hulk and with this like extra dose of gamma radiation at the beginning of that Avengers run, the most recent run by Jason Aaron, she runs into a celestial and it's fallen to Earth and she looks at the celestial and basically becomes even stronger and less verbal. And it is because the celestial has given her an extra dose of gamma radiation. And so that's part of why you see her so buffed up in in that Avengers book, because she's really kind of stepped up into this new echelon of powerfulness. So it's it's really kind of cool to see every different kind of color that you could see her take on. And I mean that figuratively, not literally. She's only been like two colors. Yeah, but <laughs> sometimes literally. <laughs> so occasionally literally. But I think that's the thing is if you look at her long history, basically you start with her being out of control, a woman divided. And then she learns to own that. And she becomes this vivacious, self-possessed sort of alpha female character and then as that goes on she realizes that there's more room for exploration of the more delicate parts of herself all the way to trauma accepting and absorbing those things and then becoming stronger because of it and so she has this really long beautiful history of a woman who's been through some stuff and has come out the other side stronger With what you mentioned about her encounter with the Celestial and her being all bulked up, that's kind of where we find her coming into Empire. And then, you know, we have her replaced by a Katati sleeper agent. And we will kind of have to see where that takes us next. Do you have any any predictions for what the next evolution of She-Hulk will be? I'm hoping, I have not read Immortal She-Hulk yet. I'm waiting to read it, but I really would love to see her get her horror moment, some scary body horror, some some new questions for her on the horizon, maybe even a step into the more surreal and magical realm because she's she's done a little bit of everything and I think that would be really cool to see, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm really excited to see what it is. Speaking of her having done a little bit of everything, we haven't talked a ton about her life as a lawyer. I do have a very contentious question because everyone knows who one of my very favorite Marvel characters is. Uh, Who's the better lawyer, Jen or Matt Murdock? 
Oh, that's a really tough question. You know, it's it's interesting, actually, because Jen, she she is a phenomenal lawyer. She is a hot shot in the courtroom. And so is Daredevil. You know, Matt Murdock is a wonderful lawyer. And they're similarly sort of flashy and alluring. I'm going to I have a hot take here, which is that I think She-Hulk is a better lawyer than Matt Murdock. But Jen Walters might not be. Ooh. I mean, that's kind of a hot take because she's not doing her best lawyering job when she's She-Hulk. She's usually showing off a little bit. Right. I think that makes her all the more exciting and persuasive. Whereas I think when she is in her gen form, even though she's a little bit more business time, that um, some of her insecurities get in the way and she can't rely on her charisma Mm -hmm. to pull her through. So I I put Matt somewhere in between the two. Okay. All right. And Matt certainly relies on his charisma to get through just about everything. (laughs) And I think that we've actually seen them occasionally in the same courtroom. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of a fun thing that people can check out, too, if they want to form their own opinions about this question. So what is your favorite She-Hulk story? I know that's a really tough question. Oh, my favorite She-Hulk story. You know, that's interesting because I wouldn't necessarily choose this based on a run, which normally I would be like, well, I really love this run because it's just really, really fun. Um, but I think the best She-Hulk story, I, I mm, God, I don't know. I Which of my darlings do I want to choose? Um, if I'm really honest with myself, it's probably this initial run of Dan Slott's uh, She-Hulk because it has a really lovely clear storyline. You know, in the early comics, it's a lot of sort of like adventure of the week. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of longer arcs. I think this is several nice long arcs. Also, Charles Soule's run is also really delightful. I don't know all of them. Okay. <laughs> all right. Sorry, that was such a non-answer. Yeah. No. I mean, look, hey, it's the truth. It is the truth. If this conversation has made you want to read all of She-Hulk's stories, we're going to link to a bunch of these comics on Marvel.com, and you can read them on Marvel Unlimited. So, overall, what is it that you love most about She-Hulk? I love that She-Hulk is unapologetic for being big, and I mean that sort of in every sense of the term. I think she is a woman who is a lot, and that is her power. And I love that. I think that a lot of people feel like maybe they're a lot. And she's Mm -hmm. a lot and it is her strength. And it's really freaking cool. I just love it. That's pretty fantastic. So while you're here, what else are you reading right now? What else do you want to talk to people about? Actually, this week I've been going back and reading the original Ms. Marvel run from 1977 with Carol Danvers as Ms. Marvel. It's really fun to go back and read those first Miss Marvel comics. One, because there's a ton of stuff from the movies that you can see. Then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, that I remember that scene in the movie. I remember that scene in the movie. Or I, I think this might have informed this about the movie, which I always think is kind of a, a fun thing to do is sort of theorize like, oh, were they, were they alluding to this? Mm-hmm. Um, which is really fun. But also it's just sort of great because she's essentially Gloria Steinem. <laughs> Go read it. That'll make more sense when you yeah, do. Yeah, I, I will, and I'm sure that it will. <laughs> what have you been reading, Ellie? 
Well, this week, I've actually been going back and rereading a series that I edited back around 2013 called Fearless Defenders, um, which it occurs to me She-Hulk may have briefly shown up in at some point because we had most of the ladies of the Marvel Universe at one time or another, but she was definitely on a cover. I love that run. What was the original character, Annabelle Riggs? Yes. Oh my God, I love her. She's like an archaeologist. She's essential like Indiana Jones and then she has like a really great romance like no spoilers but it's all ladies so you figure it out but it's really good yeah no I loved that so much that was a case of you know we we wanted to do a story where you know it didn't have to be a coming out story it could just be the facts of this situation Thank you so much, Lorraine, for sharing all of your knowledge with us. I am excited to go read all of these comics. And as I mentioned earlier, they are available on Marvel.com and Marvel Unlimited. So you should all read all of these comics, too. Thank you for being here. And please come back any, anytime. Until next time, this is Marvel, your universe. Women in Marvel is produced by Rebecca Seidel and Zachary Goldberg, along with Judy Stevens, Anjali Crochet, and me, Ellie Pyle. Our audio development manager is Karen Heffa, and Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Special thanks to Lorraine Sink.